0: looking like an accountant and then playing hockey like he does is like very fun for me. Welcome to checking out the competition. Arizona Coyotes. We are joined this time by Richie Flores of the podcast Sporty with Corey and Richie. Richie, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. It's uh we are doing this on a on a Monday morning. Um after Halloween, which was great, I uh, had I dressed up as Red Guardian from the the Black Widow movie from early murder, and it was awesome. And uh, the pictures are out there on my social media, on Twitter and, and Instagram, if you want to go check those out. And uh, it was great. It was a fun time last night.
0: Awesome. I uh, did not do anything for Halloween because I am a crashing bore of a human being. Also, I don't have children. Also, I live in a condo, so like giving out candy isn't really a thing. So right. Yeah. <laughs> also. I was thinking about it last week and I was thinking to myself, I didn't really see a lot of kids last year. So maybe there's just not a lot of kids in my neighborhood. I don't really need to give out candy. And then yesterday I was sitting there like you idiot. Like, of course there were no children last year. What could have been the reason why there were no children trick or treating last year? Hmm. I wonder what it could have been. I don't know because I did see actually a lot of kids in my neighborhood, but whatever. I'm sure they did fine with candy. Anyway, hockey. That's a thing. So. We haven't seen the Arizona Coyotes in a long, long time because of that crazy thing that was happening last year. Um, so I guess kind of high level before we dive into this season, what has been going on with the Coyotes over the last year?
1: Oh, my gosh. Ooh, baby, that's a that's – a, do you have an hour? Do you, you have an hour? We could, we could do an entire <laughs> hour on the last year of the Arizona Coyotes. I'd I like to point out the last time you and I talked – was January of 2020, and that was the last time the Coyotes and Flyers played each other, and and that was before co- the crazy COVID thing happened. Right
0: then, before the world ended.
1: Yeah, and then and and I don't even remember what happened in that game. I think the Coyotes actually may have pulled off a win in that game, but I I don't recall off the top of my head. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's been a, it's been it's been wild. Uh, it's uh, the Coyotes are in full tank mode now which is fun. Uh, family, oh. Nobody. So that's, 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 the big, that's the big news with the Coyotes is that if you're playing the Coyotes this year, um, you're coming in expecting a win and a pretty easy win considering right now the Coyotes are um, 0-7-1 this year. Nice. I believe their goal differential is like minus 24. So they're getting outscored by an average of over three goals per game. And uh, oof. so it's, it's been, it's been rough. It's been a rough year um, for fans too, because obviously they got rid of a bunch of fan favorite players. Captain Osborne Larson gone. Connor Garland, good scoring winger gone to Vancouver. Darcy Kemper, the starting goaltender, the Besna candidate gone. He's in Colorado now. So it's been, uh, it's been rough going for the counties. Oh, and yeah, and now they're, now we know this season's their last season. In their current building too, so they mm. don't have to find a new rink. So it's been it's it's been a wild last uh, even just six months for the Coyotes really.
0: So just to hop on that building thing because I'm like fascinated by this. Is there anywhere in Arizona like that currently exists where they could go? Like, is there another arena
1: someplace? Yeah, there's a there's a couple of places that... I guess in Phoenix, maybe? Yeah, there's a couple of places locally that they can play, albeit um, they're going to need some some renovations. And unfortunately for the Coyotes, the easiest place for them to play is their old building when they first moved out here to Arizona, which is now called Footprint Center, which is the home of the Phoenix Suns. And unfortunately, the owner of the Phoenix Suns is Robert Sarber. And he's kind of a, a day bag. He's never going to let the Coyotes play in that building again. Oh, boy. So, so that's out the window, unfortunately. So the leader in the clubhouse right now is seemingly a, a building that is 50 plus years old or almost 50 plus years old. It was the original home of the Phoenix Suns when they came to Phoenix. It is currently used for the Arizona State Fair. To host oh, boy. For the most part. And there is no actual hockey infrastructure there. So although they used to play hockey in this building, we haven't for a couple of decades. So there's no state of the art, like ice machine there to, to make sure the building is good to play on, uh, in up to NHL standards. So they would need to get a new one of those need to install a rink. It's going to be a whole mess. And that's the best candidate that they have right now. Jeez. And, and so it's, uh, it's going to be an uphill battle, and the crazy thing is too is like we're only a month into the season, right? And they're going to have to figure out a solution in less than a year to figure out where they're going to play. And we really have heard nothing on this over the last few months. And um, so I, I doubt we're going to see them play at Heath River Arena next year. But you never know. In a panic situation, they may go knocking on Glendale's door and be like, "Listen, we really don't have anywhere to play. We will pay you <laughs> lots and lots of money. Please give us a place to play." <laughs>
0: Oh, my God! What a disaster! It's crazy. Yeah, it really sucks for Coyotes fans more than anything. people who just want to watch their hockey team play, yeah,
1: it's it's uh, it's a fan base who uh, has kind of been through the ringer over the last day. yeah, it's just I think at this point we're all just used to it. And it's like, oh boy, here we go again. <laughs> How are we gonna have to uh, get through this one this time? But um, yeah, hopefully it would all work out in the end. <laughs> it, it, for the most part, it has. Over the course of the last 10 years, there was times when they were halfway out the door to Hamilton, Ontario at one point, Mm -hmm. getting a new ownership group in, and now they're on their third ownership group in the last, like, six years, so it's just uh, good times in the state of Arizona.
0: Yeah, like, I'm sure that you guys get tired of hearing, like, you know, there's that shiny new building in Quebec City. It's just sitting there. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I used to make this joke at canes fan and uh it never went over well they got real tired of me saying it over and over again that was before the canes were like you know right. actually good um all right so let's talk a little bit about this year's arizona coyote team which as you said is kind of obviously tanking um right now for flyers fans kind of exciting shane Gossesbear is the leading scorer on the team which is pretty wild. He's playing on the third pair for you guys, is that right?
1: Yes. I believe that's
0: correct. I'm assuming he's getting power play time.
1: Yes. That's pretty much the only thing he's really good for anymore is his offensive
0: He's really good at that. Yeah. There's like no getting around it. He's for all of his deficiencies, he's very good on the power play. I so I guess how many
1: of his points have come on the power play this year off offhand. I I've kind of, I'm kind of in a weird situation this year where um, it is like physically impossible for me to actually watch games mm. because of the parent company that owns a lot of the regional sports networks across the country, including Valley Sports Arizona, is Sinclair, and they are asking a ridiculous amount for carriage fees. So I have Hulu mm. TV, and Valley Sports Arizona is not available on Hulu TV. So It's kind of tough to watch games. So I haven't watched every second of every game, but um, so I'm not, I don't know how good he's been on the power play, but to see him actually leading the team in points
0: is, is cool. I think so. Yeah. I looked and actually surprising to me personally, only two of them have come on the power play two of his five points. They're all assists. Of course, that's not terribly surprising. Um, After him, it looks like Clayton Keller is the best scorer on the team. He's got the most goals, three goals. So that's, he is, he, he seems like an exciting young player to watch. I don't watch a lot of Coyotes games either. <laughs> but Clayton Keller seems like he's, he's probably fun to watch. Am I on to something with that?
1: You, you know, it's, I think that would be an interesting question to ask a lot of Coyotes fans because I think a lot of us have a love hate relationship with Clayton Keller. Because when he's good, he's good. He can be a, a really good scorer in this league. And, but unfortunately for him, he just has never been able to do it on a consistent basis. And so he, he's just kind of this solid, you know, top, middle six winger. That's, that's what he is, and that's fine. Every team's got to have one of those guys, but he was drafted in the top 10 of his draft class, right? And so I think we, we've expected Clayton Keller to make this jump to the next level and he just hasn't done it yet in fact, I think last year was probably maybe his best season in terms of 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 scoring since his rookie season where he seemed to like kind of have a, a a jump up in his his scoring ability to where his points per game and his points per sixty were on par with what he did in his rookie season where he he put up i believe sixty points in his rookie season something like that and he just hasn't been able on that level since but mm. so he's an interesting interesting player and he's one of those players that on a roster and on an, in a team that is trying to build a new culture with a new coach and, and a GM who's in his first full season. So he's a guy who, even though he signed for a while and he was expected to be one of the top, you know, kind of core pieces of this team. I wonder what his future may be in. And, and if, and if there's a, a, somebody that comes calling in with a trade opportunity for Clayton Keller, they might not look into trading him because mm. uh, I think they paid, paid him a little bit too much in, in hindsight. So I'm curious if, if he is going to be really a foundational piece this year, and the thing that sucks, too, is for a lot of these younger guys, it's going to be tough to evaluate them this year because the team is yeah. so bad. So I don't know what we can really say about Clayton Keller if he's playing on a team that is is this bad, if his numbers are expected to take a dip. So, yeah, I, I, I actually like watching Clayton Keller play, play for the most part, but uh, he's a, he's a fascinating individual to watch his career path, for sure. So in
0: doing some due diligence ahead of this podcast um i laughed at myself when i said that by the way uh there wasn't a lot of positive to be found um for obvious reasons but i did see quite a lot of praise uh for your goaltender whose name i'm absolutely going to demolish it's going to be so great carol vejmelka
1: close very close well done not bad for a first attempt okay yeah, it's Karel Bemelka, so the the J is silent. Okay. But you did a really good job. You did better than than Micah, host Corey did, while she was trying to pronounce it the first time we were talking about him earlier this season. But yeah, he's been the best story. <laughs> he's been the best story on the Coyotes this year. He's he he kind of came out of nowhere, right? He was, he had never played a game of North American hockey until training camp. Wow,
0: <laughs> that is literally out of nowhere.
1: Yeah. And so he comes into training camp and I think he's kind of expected to be somebody who you might keep around the minors as a kind of a depth goalie piece, just as a project to see what he's got going on. And he comes in, he has a great training camp. He makes the team, makes the roster. And here's the fun part. And I think you'll get a kick out of this because I'm I'm sure you have a familiarity with, with Carter Hutton.
0: Um, Yes.
1: And, uh, Carter Hutton came in as the starter this year, and I think your your uh, your listeners will get a get a kick out of me listing off Carter Hutton's stats this year. Okay, because this is not I don't he's hurt right now. He's gonna be out for a couple weeks, but uh, Carter Hutton this year, the Kyrie's starting goaltender at the beginning of the regular season, he is o two and 0 with a seven point seven six goals against average. Oh my and a god! Percentage of seven forty one. Wow. It's almost impressive. (laughs) I don't even know. I don't even know how to like quantify that. Like that's really hard to do. That,
0: uh, that is remarkable. I have been in my head looking at this game on the calendar and thinking to myself, like the flyers are for sure going to be the team that gives Arizona their first win just because it's an extremely flyers thing to do. Um, but you are making me feel better about things a little bit. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. But you know, here, here's the thing though too. The key, and, and keep this in mind: the the Coyotes played on Sunday. They played the Carolina Hurricanes on the road in in, in Carolina. Hurricanes coming in were the best team in the NHL. They were undefeated. They, uh, you know, they had the high, best goal differential in the entire NHL. And the Coyotes gave them a game. The Coyotes were leading that game after the first period. Um, and the had a chance to win that game. But the Hurricanes only won by a goal. They won 2-1. They had had to win it in the third period. And the only reason the Coyotes were in that game was because of the previously mentioned Karel Vemelka, who I believe he stopped 37-39 shots in that game against the best-scoring offense in the entire NHL. So that's kind of what we're dealing with here. We're dealing with hmm. a Coyotes team that, if you're the Flyers, He's got to find a way to beat Carol Vemelka and hope he just has just a bit of an off night to give up three goals. Because if you get to three goals, uh, I don't think the Kyries are going to be able to get to that this year. Um, that's your kind of your your baseline. But okay. uh, yeah, Vemelka's got two six three goals against average and a nine twenty save percentage.
0: And it that's pretty good. In,
1: in which, like I said, he's playing his the first time in North America. Um, I there was some news earlier today about Cole Caulfield who was the uh, kind of preseason favorite to win the Calder being sent down to the AHL. Uh, and so I'm going to, I've been playing this out there on Twitter, which is I, hashtag Vimelka for Calder. He <laughs> should be in the running at least because he's been playing very impressive.
0: I mean, if he keeps up those numbers, especially on a team like the Coyotes, I don't know how you could not, unless, you know, a goal scorer goes absolutely crazy because I mean, behind a bad defense, that's pretty darn impressive.
1: Yeah, it's kind, of, it's kind of crazy. I don't know where, how in the world he's playing this well, but he is, and we're going to ride it for now.
0: <laughs> so outside of Vimelka, who is objectively good, um, what else do you, if anything, I guess, what else do the Flyers need to worry about with this Coyotes team?
1: Well, I think what the cars are at least trying to bring to the table this year, as bad as they are is, you know, they, they still play competitive hockey, right? I, I despite the goal, the goal scoring, the goal differential. And a lot of that was due to Carter. running, but in the time since Kurova Melka has entered the fray, they've been, they've been competitive in a lot of these games since then, you know, they, they played the the Tampa Bay lightning and they gave them a, a, a pretty decent game and the lightning, although they held the lead for most of that game. You know, there was it was a one-goal game for most of the game, and the Coyotes were still hanging around in that game. You can say the same thing against against Carolina. So, I don't think, you, it, like, the Coyotes are going to lay down in a lot of games this year. Like, I, I don't think their new coach, Andre Turini, is going to let them do that. Yeah. And I, Corey and I have talked about this on our show, too, which is you have a roster full of guys on expiring contracts. You have some guys who are... On the trade block and want to be traded to Phil Kessel. And <laughs> you have a lot of guys who I think have something to prove, right? Whether they're looking for their next contract, whether they're looking to stay around with this Coyotes organization. So you have a lot of guys who are at least motivated to show something and and not just, you know, skate around and, you know, sign the dotted line with our contracts, right? With, with a lot of times we are looking at tank teams who are tanking, right? So, I expect if you're watching the game tomorrow, you're not going to see a Coyotes team. We just going to lay down and 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 just like, oh, crap, here we go again. Just another game. <laughs> they're, they're going to look competitive. Right. And they're going to look like they're trying, which is at least something for for us Coyotes fans to be able to tune in and watch for or at least a team that's like that's trying and interesting. Um, and uh, and so although I do think the Flyers are probably going to win this game pretty handily. Uh, I I I think the Kyries will at least you know keep it somewhat competitive, Mm -hmm. you know more so than a lot of I think outside individuals would think they would in watching this team.
0: Does Phil Kessel still have any Phil Kessel left in him, or do you think he's he's just done?
1: You know, he first of all he he had an injury in the preseason this year, so
0: oh I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. He
1: missed all of training camp for the most part, so. He came in and and was somehow managed to play the first game of the season. I, I wonder how much of the injury is still lingering around. But his season last year, he led the coyotes in scoring. Which is insane. Okay. He had a great season last year. And uh and so I think he does still have something left in the tank. And right now he's got four points in nine games. And um and not bad. I think, yeah, I think for a contender like i think phil kessel would be perfectly fine i think he'd be a nice addition to any any team who is looking for that kind of veteran scorer who can help you out in the power play which is uh, you know has always been phil kessel's um biggest asset and he's not he's not like over the hill by any means in terms of like oh he's just he's just out there you know like a for no reason, right? Just getting in that contract. I don't think so. You know, I think he's he's uh, he'll be traded before the trade deadline. I don't know why they haven't the Coyotes haven't traded him yet, but like he's still got he's still got some good in him for sure. he's still got some left of the thing.
0: That's I mean that's good for me personally because I I really like Phil Kessel. I've always liked watching him play. So I mean if I have to watch a Coyotes game, it'll be fun if I get a little Phil Kessel action out of it he's always been like a fun guy to watch and I mean like looking like an accountant and then playing hockey like he does is like very fun for me personally
1: <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I think Coyote's fans get a kick out of that every time um when he was scoring last year and he had a hat trick last year too and and uh, that's kind of that was the joke he was, uh, eating hot dogs on the side and scoring goals on the ice
0: So I guess, I mean, I guess that's that's just what the Coyotes are right now. They're just a team that's kind of in a weird place, not winning many games because the front office isn't really trying to. Um, and that's just how it's going to be for the season. I, I guess that's just what you guys are looking at.
1: Yep, it's it's pretty much a season in which all of us are – or more looking forward to how the two side run runners do this year than the actual Coyotes themselves. (laughs)
0: I'm very, I'm, I'm laughing, but I'm also very sorry for you.
1: Yeah. Like we're all, we're pretty much, I think if you're a Coyotes fan, we're all in on the fact that this team's going to be bad this year. So we might as well just, you know, hope that the prospects do well. Uh, Dylan Gunther is off to a great start in juniors this year. Mm -hmm. He's the seventh overall pick um, that they acquired from the, Thank Cooper, connecting that Connor Garland and all the Larson trade, and uh, and that's that's what we're looking for here. We're looking for progress from the prospects, and that's about it. And 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 hopefully some freaking luck in the D&G draft lottery for once. Which the last time the Coyotes were in this same situation um, and trying to tank was the 2014-2015 season, and that was the infamous uh, McDavid-Eichel draft. And mm. the Coyotes had the second worst record in the league that year. And got screwed by the Oilers. And so the Academy's got bumped to third, and they took Dylan Stroman. <laughs>
0: Buddy, if you want to get sympathy for bad luck in the draft, you're not going to get it from me because of the Flyers. Um, even when the Flyers get lucky in the draft, they do not get lucky in the draft. So I guess neither one of our teams knows how to pick a winning lottery ticket which is a real bummer. Mm-hmm. Kale McCarr is going to haunt me for the rest of my life, but that's fine. It's fine. I'll deal with it. So one last thing, as usual, give me your prediction for the final score of this game.
1: Okay. So I think this is the perfect question to end on, because I was talking about this. We were talking about this on on our most recent show, which, which is out, out now on the Hockey Podcast Network, which you can... You can look us up, just uh, search Sporty with Corey and Richie. And we were talking about the fact that this season I've I've been trying to make money off of the Coyotes this year while they're losing um, because sports betting is legal in the state of Arizona now, so I can actually do this. And so what I've been doing is I've been fading the Coyotes in these games, hoping hoping for them to lose by more than two goals. And so I'm probably going to make this bet again on Tuesday, which is, I'm going to take the Flyers <laughs> on the puck line minus one and a half in hopes that the Flyers beat the Coyotes by more than two goals, and I think they will. So, uh, I th- Vimelka is going to stop the uh, the bleeding here in a way, mm-hmm. and so it's not going to be a blowout by any means. The Coyotes will stay competitive, like I mentioned, but I still think the Flyers win by more than two goals. So, I'll I'll take the Flyers three to one.
0: I'm really glad you explained what minus one and a half means, because I'm sure that everyone listening to this knows what it means. But my like my brain can't understand betting words or what it means. (laughs) Every time I look at them, I'm like, I don't get it. And then I ask someone to explain it to me and they do. And I'm like, okay, that's what minus 750 means. Cool. I don't get it.
1: It's a it's it's a lot, isn't it? But it, it's only taken me i i had I've had to learn this over the course of like five or six years. Mm. Um, what everything means as sports betting has become more prevalent, and uh, I think I finally got it. I think I finally got it. There you go. Uh, I made I made some money off of the coyotes, and and like I said, as long as if they're losing, and I'm making money, then I think I I, I think I'll be happy with that.
0: You might as well get something out of it, right? Yeah. I mean, exactly. I'm going to say. That the Flyers are going to win five to two. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna assume that your goalie has an off night just for funsies, and since the rest of the team is not good, five two is what I'm going with.
1: Like I said, that's part that's that makes sense considering, like I said, the Cowboys are in their cold differential. Is- <laughs> is they're averaging getting beat by three goals every game, so.
0: Jeez. Well, Richie, thank you very much for doing this with me. It doesn't sound like you're having a fun time outside of the money-making, so I'm glad you're making money off of the team. And I hope that your team uh, finds a building to play in, because it seems like hockey can do well in Arizona if things are going well. So hopefully they can figure that out.
1: Uh, yeah, I appreciate you saying that. Um, I, there's, I know a lot, I guess not a lot, but a lot of NHL fans around the country don't understand the situation here. So they mm. tend to try and talk out of their butt and try to understand things that they don't. So I appreciate you. I appreciate you saying that. Uh, that, that actually does mean a lot to me that uh, that you are a fan of making the sport work here. And I think it will. and I think it can. I think it will succeed. Once we get a new building built and quickly before we go, there, the Kyrie's are in talks with a different city, um, Tempe, to build a new rink there. Um, oh, okay. Over the, next, over the next several years, so that's that's the latest with that. Um, we just know that there's there's they're in talks. Okay. Don't want to jinx anything, but so if everything goes right, 24, 25, somewhere around there, the Kyrie's will actually have a brand new rink built. And, it, and I'm gonna end, end, the sh- end the show with this. This is my prediction, right? And so, and I've been saying this on every show I go on, which is 2024, 2025, just so happens to coincide with the free agency of a certain uh, player who played his um, junior his uh, his hockey mm-hmm. as a youngster oh. in Arizona. Uh huh. So, um. And I now, see where you're going. Yeah, he now plays in a city which is big into hockey, but they haven't won Jack in 50 years. It also just so happens that that team has a certain dress code policy, which this player has been on the record saying he really doesn't like. So I'm going to speak this into existence, that Austin Matthews is going to be fed up with the city of Toronto. He's going to see a brand new rink here in Arizona. He's going to see those Kachina jerseys, and he's going to be like, yeah, I want in. So I'm speaking into existence that Austin Matthews comes home to Arizona once his contract ends in Toronto.
0: I am fully in favor of that only because of the absolute chaos it would cause. Yes. And there's nothing, there's nothing more fun as an outsider than watching Maple Leafs fans melt down. They're so good at it. Yes. So that would be fun. <laughs> Tell the people where they can find you online.
1: You can uh, follow our show uh, on Twitter at Corey show. We are also on Instagram at Corey Ritchie show. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at R Flores 91. And I apologize um, for my, my Twitter ridiculousness. Um, I'm all over the place. Uh, this is what happens when your hockey team is bad you're <laughs> about everything, but hockey. So yeah, uh, on, you can listen to the show, of course, on the Hockey Podcast Network and uh, just search for Sporty with Corey and Richie and uh, listen to the show.
0: Awesome. Thank you very much, Richie. Hope everyone enjoys the game. I Hope the Flyers win. Enjoy the game, everybody.